Welcome to episode 176 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the America edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, an iRacing Indy 500 champion, a computer genius, a gentleman, and a scholar, and coming off of a lot of drinking games since we're doing this on July the 4th, uh, one of the Jacksonville Jaguars' biggest fans. His name is Joshua Fine. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Phil. Of course, um, yeah, it's July 4th, uh, 1776. We are the champs, just like a yes. boy old Richard would say. Richard. So, yeah, um, back-to-back World War champs. Yeah, right, America, right? So, yeah, yeah. it's all all American uh, everything. So, yeah, ready to get into it, of course. Well, one, two things that weren't American were the guys that won the NASCAR race and the IndyCar race. Uh, one, Shane Van Gisbergen. He of the Australian V8 Supercars, he of 80 wins in that in that series and three championships on likely on his way to a fourth, uh, went out there and put a whooping on the cup guys in the rain, in the mixed conditions that were going on at the Chicago street course. And uh, we'll talk all about that. First driver to day went on debut in 60 years. So pretty big deal, pretty big deal for um Justin Marks and Trackhouse and the Project 91 deal for that to come off. Um, so we'll get into all that and all the players that are in the points right now and what happened to them during the race on Sunday, which was uh, cut. They cut 25% of the race because of likelihood of running into darkness, which, I mean, at that point, you might as well let them run all the way and seeing what happens. Uh, it affected some people in their pit strategies. Uh, Alex Pillow went out there, won his third consecutive IndyCar race at Mid-Ohio, and looks, if if he was pretty dominant in 2021, I don't even know what to say about what he's doing right now. Uh, he looks like a guy that should be in Formula One. Um, granted, he's not going to be in a Red Bull, but um, I think he could hold his own. Uh, Polo is doing work. And then there's news today, and we'll get into that, as well during the the recap of the Honda Indy 200 Mid-Ohio. You know who won in Austria, both in the sprint and in the regular race. Charlie Claire finished second, and Sergio Perez from 15th finished third uh, in the race on Sunday. So um, that was something there, and Logan Sargent got his best career finish in Formula One and passed Nick DeVries in the point standings. Neither of them have a point yet, but uh, he is ahead of Nick DeVries by best finish. We'll get into F2 and F3 at Red Bull Ring, and we'll also make preview do a preview for Silverstone. World Superbikes are at Donington. Indy Next was at Mid-Ohio last week. We'll get into the World Supercross GP last week uh, in Birmingham in the UK. And then we'll uh, talk about Imsut Mossport, Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, Supercars at Townsville, which might be the most watched uh, Supercars race ever uh, or weekend ever, Extreme Island x which will have uh, a big name uh, making their debut, and WEC and F1 Academy at Monza. Uh, we'll do previews for both of those. We will... Uh, Make sure to keep our uh, Formula One timing correct while we're doing the British Grand Prix preview and picks before we bring out the Tate Fogelman algorithm for Cup and Xfinity at Atlanta 
And to be fair, we might as well do it for trucks because there's nobody in that truck race. So we could use it for that one just for the sake of it, for fun, <laughs> for bleeps and giggles, uh, because uh, they'll be at Mid-Ohio. Josh will let us know all things going on in the world of iRacing and gaming in his sim segment, and uh, we'll call it a day. But yeah, first of all, first of all, uh, we got to get into the cup race because there really wasn't an Xfinity race. Uh what is said as NBC Sports most watched NASCAR race in six years. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen goes out there, wins the Grant Park 220, started third, was fastest in practice, and um, I think they won a whole $30,000 or something for doing that too, which is hilarious um, because they're an open car. But SVG goes out there, passes Justin Haley, with nine laps uh, to go in the race, or yeah, with nine laps or eight laps to go in the race, or seven, something like that. seven, eight laps. I thought to it was go, five whatever. to go. It says yeah. seventy-one to okay. seventy-eight, so I'm just gonna assume it's like six, seven laps to go. And he led one lap earlier in the day. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen gets the win for Project Ninety One and Trackhouse. Justin Haley from thirty-seventh, so tailback, as Rusty Wallace likes to say. William Clyde Elliott the second finished third. Kyle Larson fourth. Kyle Busch hit the hit the tires early in the race, went a lap down, got pulled out of the tires, and came back and finished fifth. Gumby Sindrick from thirty-first to sixth. Michael McDowell, Joey Logano, Keebler Gibbs, and Christopher Busher round out your top ten. Danny Hamlin started on pole, uh, hit the wall or one of the tire barriers and had some issues, but was able to recover to 11th. Um, we'll get into some of the other players like Christopher Bell, who ended up 18th, Tyler Reddick, who ended up 28th, and Martin Truex, who ended up 32nd, uh, basically holding a bag, even though they all were probably three of the best cars in the racetrack, along with uh, SVG. Uh, but, I mean, 60 years uh, since... Uh, Driver has made a one in their debut. That was the great uh, Lone Star JR, Johnny Rutherford, the three-time Indianapolis 500 winner, winning a what is now a dual race. It was a 100-mile qualifying race back in those days at Daytona, and they were giving out points. Uh, they do give out points for the top 10 or whatever the hell. I forget how they do it. For They give stage points, I think, is what they do these days but they gave out full points for that and johnny rutherford won on debut driving for smoky eunuch and um this is the first time that's happened since which is insane and the chicago street course good batter and different people wanted to hate on it i mean honestly once the racing got going these guys you know they had their issues but it was it, it was a there was an interesting race. I mean, I think the weather definitely affected some of the strat, but I also know, and then because of the darkness, they didn't get to run the full distance, which I think would have made strategy even better, uh, more interesting. Uh, SVG had to come through the field to win the race. It's not like it was kind of handed to him on a platter. Um, the only guy who was heel towing. So I was really happy that the Ricky Rudd camera came back because somebody is actually doing heel toe and he won. Uh, it was him and, and Scott McLaughlin, Josh, for all those years in the supercars battling each other, two Kiwis. I mean, it's not like we're not aware that there are 
great Kiwi drivers, insert Scott Dixon's name. But, you know, it just seems ever since Scott Dixon came here uh, in the late 90s, uh, there's just been an influx of great drivers from New Zealand. And uh, we we have Scott McLaughlin in Indy cars now. We have Earl Bamba, who's been driving sports cars for forever. I mean, you got, but now Shane Van Gisbergen puts his name in the record books. And it sounds like, based on what Jamie Wincup said, he might be allowed to go and drive NASCAR next year. So um, I guess if Dale Jr. needs a, a driver for the eight car, so uh, I guess that might be an option. But um, yeah, crazy to think that a guy on debut goes out there and wins a cup race. But under the circumstances that were given, I think it was the perfect storm for Shane Van Gisbergen. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was the perfect storm for everything that happened. I mean, first of all, um, he has the advantage of being on a street course, which uh, comprises a good majority of the uh, supercar schedule. A lot of a lot of courses on there that he has experience on. So he knows the ins and outs of how to navigate a narrow course and um, you know, how to, you know, operate his car on streets uh, rather than on, um, you know, pavement designed for racing like we see at other tracks so i think he had that going for him um also i mean obviously the next gen car very uh derived from australian v8 supercars um very much inspired there so um very similar to that uh the only thing he has to get adjusted to is being on the left side versus the right side which i feel like isn't really that big of a difference but i guess you know from your orientation definitely something that can be a big difference uh there and also shifting on with your right hand versus your left hand i guess that's a big difference too uh so yeah i mean it was pretty interesting seeing him um you know prepare for the race obviously they showed him uh like you said uh heel towing uh in the corners which i think he might have been the only guy in the whole field that was doing that um and i was actually kind of shocked because you know you don't really need to do that anymore in cup cars uh, and then also i feel like for me personally like I probably would be more likely to heel toe if I was in a manual six speed rather than a, a sequential manual. I feel like, you know, it's more purposeful in a, a, a six speed. So stick shift. So um, seeing somebody operate the um, sequential sti uh, stick shift uh, with uh, heel toe shift, definitely a kind of an interesting technique there. Um, and I think it helped pay off for him, obviously. Um, his driving style worked really well with the street course and he was uh, faster than everybody. I mean, his third fastest lap was still faster than the entire field uh, during the entire race. So that just tells you just how quick he was um, as a, as a driver throughout that entire event. So um, yeah, obviously you got to give a lot of credit to track house, give credit to Justin Marks for, um, being able to put this deal together um, and shows, you know, just how prepared that they are for this um, as a team for Trackhouse, that they're willing to put um, the best stars uh, from around the world uh, in a, a cup car and give them the best opportunity to um, win a race uh, and be competitive. And he definitely, I think he was definitely the perfect fit for this. And um, yeah, I definitely think it uh, gives the opportunity for him to, come to NASCAR next year if he wants to. The opportunities there if um you know he's able to get into a cup car next year and get in a you know full time deal 
I'd love to see him try out ovals, you know, try out all the rest of the schedule and everything. So, um, yeah, I think he was obviously the best candidate to probably win a race so far for this, uh, you know, unique deal that Trackhouse is trying to do with um, getting international motorsports stars into the Cup Series for a one-off. Um, you know, obviously Kimi Raikkonen has done this now twice, but, um, you know, he's had to adjust a little bit to the Cup car and, you know, had some bad luck happen, of course, but um, we'll have to see who's next to go on on this uh, you know, one-off adventure. Um, I do think also it could lead to the possibility of Penske preparing a one-off, uh, you know, maybe next year at Chicago if they have it for Scott McLaughlin and have the two Kiwis go at it again uh, in the Cup Series uh, in cars that you know they're very capable of driving and can be competitive in, as we saw what Finn Ginsenberg was able to do. So. Um, yeah, it should be an interesting deal if they're able to do it. But I think it also just shows the capability of what the cup cars can do um, with the right talent behind it. And then also I think it does raise the profile of NASCAR around the world and especially, you know, in Australia and New Zealand. So um, just the fact that he was you know able to get people to follow it. I mean, obviously you have supercars getting their fans interested in the, the event because of his presence there. So I think that's a good thing and definitely help raise the profile of motorsports, uh, you know, for, for everybody. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was almost not a, a, a weekend, of course, I mean, rain and everything plagued the event. Um, so we'll have to see Sh uh, city of Chicago if they're, um, they want to renew it, um, for next year, if they want to take the option to, um, not come back, we'll have to see, but, um, yeah, I think for NASCAR, I think it is ultimately end up being a success and you know, hopefully, they're able to put it on again next year if um you know they're able to do it and you know i do hope do hope that they're able to figure out a way to you know get the drainage working so the streets aren't flooded so badly and maybe we don't have so much delay with it but at the same time you know it was a good good event i think when uh all things can all things considered so um yeah glad glad we were able to see that and glad you know we we're able to see a international guy take his first cup win in his first start yeah, I mean, I for there was plenty of naysayers, and I didn't know what to think of it. Uh, on Saturday, once they actually got the practice going, they were able to get those cars out there. Uh, both series were able to run. They were able to run their qualifying, practice and qualifying, and it didn't look all that bad. And some of the best drivers in NASCAR, I mean, best, driver, best drivers in the world, BS, um, but made mistakes like Clyde, like Kevin Harvick, et cetera, et cetera. Denny Hamlin, what do you call, uh, Tyler Reddick. Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. I mean, Noah Gagson, I think, had a, get, had a bet on or something to see how many times he could hit the wall and start doing burnouts. He did that three times during the race. Must have gotten his line, must have gotten his bag after the race. Um, but, you know, I honestly, I was pleasantly surprised at how you know stable of a platform it looked like and i mean it, in a sense like it shouldn't have been but they've never done it before and uh they presented well they raced all right svg showed you could pass a lot of guys showed they can pass i mean haley needed strategy but you know he held his own there up front uh once you lost track position though it became a real issue see denny hamlin messing up see tyler reddick messing up and then, of course, Christopher Bell, who wins both stages and probably would have been a likely uh, candidate to win the race, uh, gets uh, gets stuck 
because of pit pitch strategy and then um them the nascar sod and kennedy deciding to cut off 25 percent of the race uh so that was he neither here nor there i guess it was just a byproduct it reminds me of eric almirola's last likely last win of his career which also christopher bell ended up finishing second in that race at new hampshire because they had issues with rain the whole day it was getting dark they cut the race short i think nine laps 10 laps something like that it was lap 291 or 292 of a 301 lap race in new hampshire and they cut the race short and um they made that kind of call uh, that gave eric almirola a win uh, but 25 percent of the race is pretty extreme especially when you're trying to go and plan out strategies and stuff but Oh, well, I mean, I guess in the case of, I mean, AJ Allmendinger got stage points. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't expect any different. I didn't really have the finish he probably wanted. Bell wins both stages. That's good for him in his championship chase. Um, Reddick is, that's a Tyler Reddick kind of deal where he runs up front and he looks really good, but then there might be one mistake or something goes wrong and then the finish doesn't fit. Uh unfortunate for him in that sense uh truex was another one who ran up ran in the top 10 basically the whole day and then uh incidents late and whatever basically left him with nothing to show for it um suarez is another one i mean you look at jensen button he started eighth had a good car and he got ran over i'm trying i'm trying to remember whether it was eric almirola or or Busher, both of them, of course, finish ahead of him, I think, right? Or am I wrong? Uh, Eric Almirola finished 12th, yeah. So, yeah, so both of them finish ahead of Jensen Button, and uh, they look pretty good. Uh, and that 15 car looked pretty good the whole weekend, too. So uh, it shows that Stuart Haas is capable of making a decent race car. They just don't give any of them to Chase Briscoe for whatever reason. Um yeah, so that that's that in terms of the uh, cup race. I mean, it ran pretty, I think it ran pretty clean through the first, what is it, um, first 48 laps, there was two cautions caused by Gagson, and then two cautions caused by Alex Bowman, and his car caught on fire. And then it became a cluster after that, a uh, big wreck. Uh, then after, then you had Braddock running and spinning, uh, Truex overrunning turn one, and then O. Richard and uh, Baba getting into it late, which basically determined the final result there. Now let's get into the driver points right now. Uh, Martin Truex leads the overall point standings uh, by, uh, by what, uh, nine points over William Byron. Uh, William Byron and Kyle Busch lead the playoff standings. Martin Truex leads a regular season point standings. So that's a great battle to look at as we get into the last few races of this regular season. Ross Chastain is in third in points. Christopher Bell fourth. Uh, what is it? Kyle Busch is fifth. Yeah, so that's uh, basically it's not like there's anybody that's really uh, that's really getting screwed by the current situation. Harvick is plus 151 over the cut line. Busher 104, plus 104. 
Brad Keselowski plus 91. The sweat starts with uh, Darrell Walsh Jr. at plus 15. Keebler Gibbs is plus 6 over Daniel Suarez. And uh, Michael McDowell's minus 10 off the cut line. A.J. Allmendinger minus 24. And Alex Bowman with his last place finish fell out of the uh, 16 and um, now is 20th. But, I mean, now that we're going to another wild card race here this coming weekend, uh, it's something to look at. Justin Haley with his second place finish moved himself up, tied with uh, with uh, Austin Sindrick, two points ahead of Corey LaJoy. Uh, William Clyde Elliott II uh, is uh, now in 24th, uh, pretty close by the defending winner of the Quaker State 400 at Atlanta. So interesting to look at. Um, if he gets the win, of course, he's in, but he's making points at a clip right now that he could even point his way in if he keeps on a pace like that, which is crazy to think, um, given how many races he missed and, you know, giving it, but it all, I, I think it also speaks to how weak the second half of the regular field is when, when you're spotting guys like 10 races or whatever the hell he spotted. What, how many did he spot? He, he's at 11. So he spotted him seven races. You got Bowman spotted him three. Yeah. I mean, you're you're spotting guys seven races and you're getting beaten by a guy and you're beating those guys. I'd be embarrassed. And that basically is my my uh, weekly rant against Stuart Haas Racing. Um because he's ahead of three of the four guys that are at Stuart Haas Racing. Now, granted, one of them got an eight trillion point penalty, um, and so that doesn't help. And I'm just hoping that Briscoe can get past, eventually get past Austin Dillon, which would make me laugh. Um, he also got penalized, too. He's around three guys that got penalized as well, but not as bad as he did. He's still ahead of Gagson, though, and Ty Dillon, so there is that. SVG is now 36th in points uh, ahead of Jensen Button, who ran has now ran two races. So um, interesting to see that. Unfortunately, he won't be back the rest of this year, but it sounds like he might be back next year. Uh, the Xfinity race, the Loop 121, they had qualifying, but basically after qualifying, it became a cluster uh with the rain they had to postpone it due to lightning initially at the at the start of after the first stage was over or the, after the second stage was over i guess um then they had to they were waiting to try to do it on sunday had more rain it was apocalyptic rain it looked like at times on sunday at chicago the window they had was going to be at 5 o'clock their time, which is 6 o'clock Eastern. So there was no way in hell that they were going to get that race started again. So they called it Cole Custer, led from pole, won both stages, and led every lap. Kind of like a Formula One race. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, Justin Allgaier, Brett Moffitt, Austin Hill, Sammy Smith, Daniel Hemrick, Chandler Smith, and Parker Kligerman rounded out. Or, and Kaz Grala rounded out your top 10. Sheldon Creed had qualified second but wrecked in qualifying, had to start tailback, got all the way to 11th. Uh, credit to <clears throat> some of these uh, smaller teams, Preston Pardis, the uh, Mazda MX-5 uh, driver uh, on a regular basis, uh, road course uh, expert, 
finished 12th for the fam his family team Paluto 13th Kyle Weatherman from 32nd to 14th Alex Gwinnett filling in in the 36th uh in uh because uh Alex Lebeo's in the 35 15th yeah some of these other ones I think Sage Karen probably had a better car than what it showed there I think he could have finished much better uh Connor Mozak had issues but he was a fast race car uh, Justin Marks, I think, probably missed a shift and blew the crap out of that engine. Um, took out all the mosquitoes within a five-mile radius and all the bugs within a five-mile radius of Grant Park with his explosion. And then Andre Castro was using those um, AutoZone brakes uh, that uh, Jesse Uji got going and asking, begging for money on Facebook and uh, hit the wall in turn one. So unfortunate for him. But yeah, Custer gets his second win of the year, and now uh, Rick Ware Racing is going to have him run three races during the rest of this season. He's done that before, of course, over his uh, cup career. So now um, things are rolling for uh, Cole Custer in a positive way uh, leading into Atlanta. I mean, now he's third in points, playoff points. Still only seven drivers have won, so um, they have more races than than Cup does left in their regular season, but I think Custer getting this momentum as a road course ace of sorts is something that plays in his favor with how many more road courses they have uh, here as they come along in the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Cole Custer, and um, you know he's been pretty good so far this year in the road courses, so definitely could be a, a dark horse candidate to uh, be a favorite for the title. Um, and so far this season been fairly consistent otherwise now up to third place in the standings so uh, definitely uh, even though he hasn't won yet on oval so far this year uh, definitely a contender for sure and we could be seeing him as part of that championship four at the end of the year uh, and everything so um, of course led every lap wasn't really challenged but you know at least somebody at Stuart Haas Racing is having some success there uh albeit somebody is a former cup driver there trying to reclaim his career in Xfinity uh but the race itself i mean uh not really that encouraging from this perspective uh of course from um the issues that they had uh, of course the um 25 laps two laps short of um making it to halfway where they could have uh concluded the race and you know, a lot of people were questioning that decision and of course nascar goes out and pulls out the uh except in rare instances uh case uh that's in the rule book um that a lot of people claim is etch a sketch there so um definitely issues there uh unprecedented to do but i guess because the scheduling uh dictated it of course so um guess they had to bite the bullet and cancel the race and everything so um unfortunate that uh, that ended up happening, but um, it is what it is. And um, at that point, you know, when the race had been delayed and everything, and then also had been uh, further canceled, um, did put a damper into the weekend, of course, uh, for, um, you know, the whole sport, the momentum that it thought it was carrying into the cup race. And I think, you know, once the cup race was able to get going, um, it kind of helped everything be better. But, you know, I think, if after the conclusion of this race, you probably were in the uh, someone or you know some people might have been in that camp of yeah this is just total you know uh, cluster F there so you know definitely a um, ish you know 
problems that happen, of course, but um, can't really control the weather and everything. So unfortunately, uh, have to end this race two laps short. Uh, but yeah, Cole Custer goes out, dominates the event. And like you said, yeah, Sheldon Creed um, came back from, you know, being put in the back and came back to uh, mid you know, mid-level uh, in 12th place. So, yeah, um, not a whole lot of passing, of course. Thought maybe it might be different with, you know, this car versus the uh, Gen 7 car, of course. This car seems to be a little bit better on road courses in terms of, you know, being able to pass and everything because um, I think this one, you're more prone to mistakes But on uh, the Xfinity car. But, yeah, the uh, total domination by Cole Custer there, yeah, this past weekend. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, it was something where uh, usually Xfinity races aren't as cut and dry, uh, but in this case, because of the weather and because of all the circumstances, uh, for Custer, he was able to go and make it work, so credit to him, and uh, credit to who all those guys and all the people that worked on those teams to make it work and make it happen. So yeah, Austin Hill still leads the, the playoff standings. John Hunter leads the regular season point standings. Uh, Cole Custer in third. And that's the, yeah, that's the order itself. Uh, Hill's fifth, 16 points beyond John Hunter Nemechek. Custer's 44 points out. Justin Allgaier, 45. That's the battle for the regular season title. Uh, Allgaier is, yeah, so that in, then you have uh, Chandler Smith, Sammy Smith, and Jeb Burton. All the winners, Josh Berry's plus 81, Sam Mayer uh, plus 45, Sheldon Creed plus 42, Daniel Hemrick plus 33, and Riley Herbst on the bump plus 26 over Parker Kligerman, uh, Brett Moffitt minus 68 off the cut, Brockshot Jones minus 74, and uh, in 15th. So he's going to need basically, I mean, that that's really the battle. Uh, I mean, Brockshot Jones and Moffitt could possibly point their way in. It's not really likely, but they could. Uh, after that, anybody who's a regular has to win. Uh, this is a good weekend for that, um, and we'll get into that later for sure um, at Atlanta. Okay, let's move on to IndyCar and the uh, domination from the guy who looks like he's 12, but he drives like a like an old old uh hachu there alex pillow what a performance on sunday started fourth uh, wasn't the fastest car initially but then he was on primaries versus a lot of the other guys around him were on the alternate tires used those primaries in the initial in his first stint to go and run a few more laps overcut Colton Hurd of the pole sitter overcut Green Rehall, the outside pole sitter, and uh, the Ganassi strategy uh, got their guys out in the front and in the power positions uh, with Polo and with Scott Dixon. And uh, with those two guys, the two guys that I mentioned in, in Herda and Ray Hall having problems on pit road or having speeding penalties in the case of Herda. Uh, what looked like an opportunity for one of them to possibly go and get their first win of the year when by the wayside and Alex Pillow took that opportunity and ran with it. Uh, won for the third consecutive race and uh, now uh, and has a 110-point lead 
in the uh, IndyCar Series Championship, nine races in to their season. Uh, won the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio by f- just over five seconds over his teammate Scott Dixon. Will Power was third. Christian Lundgaard, fourth. Scott McLaughlin, defending race winner, fifth. David Malukas from 12th, finished sixth. Best run of the year for him. Um, David Malukas announced uh, today that he's going to be leaving Dale Coyne Racing, surprising absolutely nobody. Now, where he's going to go is an interesting uh, question. Obviously, every team, Honda team, that has an opening, which is possibly Ganassi, probably Andretti, possibly Ray Hall, or probably Ray Hall, all of them would be looking and would gladly take the money that he brings to the table from his dad's company. And um, he's a talented driver. So he has his options for sure. Uh, Graham Rehall uh, finished seventh. Pato Award from 25th to 8th. Made a mistake in qualifying, spun out, lost all of his fast laps, started tailback, and um, somehow or another got back to top 10. Marcus Armstrong, who I think I picked last week to win the race, or no, we picked, uh, or no, we did our, oh, I picked Dixon and you picked Pillow. I I went, you know, Marcus, why do I feel like I picked Marcus Armstrong recently? Uh, I might have. Oh, I did at Detroit. Okay, that's why. Um, Yeah, so Armstrong gets another top 10, Alexander Rossi 10th, Herta from pole, and I mentioned all the issues, he finished 11th. Kyle Kirkwood, another one who had issues and started third, but... Oh, they finished 17th. Um, a lot of replays came from uh, Simon Pagino's massive wreck going down the back straightaway. Uh, the launch pad still exists down the back straightaway. If you have a tire failure and you hit that curb and he barrel rolled through that sand trap like Michael Andretti did, what is it, 25 years ago, like other drivers have done since then, and Mid-Ohio still hasn't fixed it. Um Thankfully, Simon Pagano was was okay. Not okay to race, but okay walking all uh, there, thankfully. Um, Connor Daly got called in, subbed for him, finished 20th. Uh, last car in the lead lap, and he was chasing the car he used to drive, which has Captain America driving it. Uh, I mean, Alex Pelot is a story, Josh. He's, he is on a heater. Uh, rarely seen in the IndyCar series. I mean, Power last year won with just like the whole the old Dale Earnhardt, you know, pointing his way to a championship and just constantly getting top fives, top fives and getting sneaking his wins and where he can, but he would get top five top five you to death and that's how he won seven championships. Uh Dixon has won them every which way he can. Alex Pelos just trying to put them all out of the out of reach when it when you get to ovals, and that's where his, sort of his weakness is, is short ovals. And um, there's really only the Iowa doubleheader left that really stands. I mean, Toronto could be, but those are really the only two races, which are the next two stops on tour, actually. But that could hinder a likely second IndyCar championship for Alex Pelot and his uh, impending free agency whether he's going to stay at Ganassi, whether he's going to McLaren, is he going to Formula One, is he going to, what is he going to do? But uh, it looks like he's going to have a lot more hardware to take with him wherever he goes. Yeah, that's for sure. And I think, you know, with 
Alex Pillow definitely uh, been a dominant season, of course, since basically since Indianapolis. I mean, like I said, been saying last couple of weeks, I mean, if he didn't have the issue at the Indy 500, likely could have won that race uh, at the end. And we could be talking about now five wins in a row for Alex Pillow, now winning four out of the last five races. And, um, you know, I think now he could win at Toronto, I think there's no reason to think why he couldn't win there, but I think, yeah, I can agree. Iowa, not really as great on the short ovals as elsewhere, so the doubleheader at Iowa might be the rest of the field's last best chance to try and get something from Alex Pillow. Otherwise, I think this this, this one's going to be all wrapped up uh, for him uh, very quickly if uh, somebody else doesn't figure out something soon. Um, but they, again, uh, just capitalized on the weekend. Um, you know, he humbly says that, you know, this isn't dominant because, well, they didn't really dominate practice and qualifying. So I guess if it didn't dominate there, then can't say it's a dominant weekend. But, of course, the race, very dominant. So I think you know, that's where it ultimately counts. So, yes, he has been very dominant to uh, the last, you know, month, two months uh, of this season. And, you know, he's uh, been somebody that, you know, we thought at the beginning of the year, like, oh, would really not have anything to produce because, his uh, you know situation with McLaren and Chip Ganassi is he um, you know somebody that's kind of a um, you know somebody that we shouldn't expect to produce anything kind of you know we think maybe he's on his way out so they're just trying to fulfill the obligations and everything but no he uh, he's going out here and just kicking everybody's butt uh, and you know he's going to be the champion this year probably if anybody um, can't do anything about it so I think for Alex Blow, uh, you know, if he decides to go to Formula One, I mean, he's doing it in the right way possible uh, by dominating the series and leaving nothing left on the table. And then, of course, you know, on the other end, um, if he's staying here in IndyCar, I mean, obviously, uh, we'll see which team he goes to. If he stays at Chips uh, Ganassi or if he goes, you know, somewhere else, um, definitely showing just how good he can be in this series. And um, I think, you know, with the, the way he's running. Uh, yeah, it's going to be tough for the rest of the field. But you know, this race uh, did, you know, capitalize on Colton Herta's mistakes. Of course, uh, Herta, you know, won the pole and led 26 laps. So uh, there was an opportunity there for him. But, um, you know, just an, another bad strategy call for Colton Herta um, that puts him back there uh, in the back of the field, or, you know, mid-pack. So unfortunate ending there for him. Um, you know, the um, below, again, leading 48 laps. So, yeah. Fairly dominant there, especially for uh, mid Ohio. Um, you know, Scott Dixon, Will Power rounding out the podium. And I think, you know, we have to also talk about Christian Lungard for, you know, the struggles that they've had, um, you know, with Ray Hall, uh, Ledman Lanigan racing this year. Uh, Graham Ray Hall also having a good weekend as well, um, finishing or starting second and then finishing seventh. So, um, you know, Graham and uh, Lungard having a great weekend for their team after you know, Totomulus, a uh, very um, shaky season so far. So, um, you know, good result for there for them. Um, you know, in the back of the field was watching the end of the race, you know, Newgarden, Grosjean, DeFrancesco, uh, VK, Callum Eilat, and even Kyle Kirkwood were all fighting for position. So even in the back of the, you know, the mid-pack sections, uh, definitely still intense racing there. Um, of course, Newgarden, not really a result he needed, being only in 12th place, uh, definitely needs to still try to podium uh, to have a shot at the title now in third place, uh, six points behind Scott Dixon in second, so... Um, if he wants to have a 
opportunity at the title or even to improve his position he's definitely got to um not have these mid-pack finishes sandwiched in between um his you know indy 500 win and um all the other results that he's had this season so um he's got to be better than that uh, of course you talked about simon pagino his flip there um, i mean i've never seen an indy car flip like that uh in such a manner i mean i've seen the uh incident with you know at ovals like uh, Ryan Hunter Ray, uh, Ryan Briscoe, uh, getting into it at Fontana back in the day. Um, that's about, I think as wild as I've seen a flip, obviously we've seen, um, Jay Howard, Scott Dixon, 2017, Indy 500, um, that incident there, Scott Dixon, you know, flying into the wall, but I've never seen an Indy car flip, uh, the manner that, uh, Pagano's flip, um, really. So, I um, mean, obviously you mentioned Michael Andretti kind of doing that 25 years ago. Well, I wasn't watching IndyCar 25 years ago. So, um, everything, but so personally for me, I was, uh, I mean, glad he got out, but, um, yeah, what a, what a, what a flip, uh, there, uh, and, um, shows the, from the safety perspective, definitely shows the, um, safety of the car and, you know, they're able to keep everything contained and the driver's compartment did not get compromised during that. So, uh, Dick or Pagano, you know, as walks away, maybe Bell's a little bit wrong. At least he wasn't physically hurt uh, in that one. And, uh, you know, for Connor Daly, being able to get in as a last-minute entry uh, without really any practice and going from 27th to 20th, a uh, good solid weekend there as a fill-in. So we'll see uh, what he's able to do um, if uh, is not cleared uh, in the upcoming weeks to compete at Toronto. So, um yeah, that's pretty good. And then you know, also got to talk about Erickson and Rosenquist getting into it very early on. First lap, unfortunate ending for uh, Marcus Erickson. Of course, that's not what he needs to continue in his title fight. You know, now he's back in fourth place in the standings. So can't really afford a last place finish uh, when Pelot, your teammate, is going out there and dominating the field. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's fairly solid race here at in, uh, Mid-Ohio. So, you know, um, Glad we got to got to see it over the weekend. Of course, um, well, hopefully uh, have a good good race at Toronto here in a few weeks, and um, you know we'll see how this championship continues to unfold. Yeah, absolutely. Went over a lot there, and a uh, good point on picking up on or what do you call the two Swedes taking? Well, uh, it was uh, what do you call Erickson just flat lost it and took out Eric. Rosenquist early in the race and ruined their days um, when they probably could have had top 10 runs. Uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up, which was glaringly obvious during the race, and it was an issue for multiple drivers, was Benjamin Peterson, the AJ Foyt driver, uh, basically doing his best impression of King Hero, uh, holding up everybody. I mean, and, and he didn't discriminate. He held up everybody. Uh, he held Alex Pillow up for God knows how many laps. Uh, he held up uh, Scott McLaughlin to the point where Scott McLaughlin talked to him and Benjamin Peterson basically ignored it. Uh, I don't know how many people, but I'm like, I, it's it's bad enough. Like, the only reason anybody knew about Benjamin Peterson was because of that number deal that they had and the whole controversy about it. Then you take how bad he's been all year, Sands Indy 500 qualifying. He's basically been 
arguably the worst driver in the series. Him and and Stingray Rob are basically, you know, have the same amount of points. Uh, yeah, there's only a four-point difference between those two. I mean, the scary thing about Benjamin Peterson is he's only 13 points behind Pagano. It tells you how bad Meyer Shank Racing is right now. Um, I mean, Benjamin Peterson, he brings money. Uh, he didn't really do much of anything of great significance in Indy Lights or in the other formulas. Uh, he's a fun, he brings the money to help AJ Foyt. It's more a thing to help root beer floathead actually run good, but he's not very good. And, um, he, he was like 30 seconds later into the crash, uh, at St. Petersburg in the first race of the year and ran through Devlin D. Francesco and sent him flying. Uh, there, I mean, this, the, yes, the last week going and being in the way of everybody and not having any awareness. Like once you go a lap down, like get the hell out of the way. I mean, it's like, I get the, the defense sort of when you're trying to stay on the lead lap, which was really the only thing that affected Alex Pelot's run there late for the, the, once he really got the lead after you get lapped, you really shouldn't be defending anything at that point. You have to get out of the way. And if he's ignoring blue flags or whatever the hell the 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 lap flags, you have to penalize him. So I don't know what they were doing, why they allowed it. it Mid Ohio is notorious for being brutal to pass on. He has to move out of the way. I, I I mean, I don't care what his malfunction was that day. He just decided he wanted to be a hero today, and just he wanted to be king hero. Obviously, um, that was a joke. Um, he's a mediocrity. Uh, I'm pretty sure the way AJ Foyt racing has run for the last, you know, 30 years or whatever, he'll likely be around, but, um, not because he's good, um, because of the check, he, the check's clear. So hopefully somebody got to him and somebody gets to him prior to, uh, to Toronto. Cause if he does the same crap at Toronto, somebody's going to send him and then probably punch him in the face too. Uh, which would be good, actually. I would, I would actually be pretty entertained. That would get more viewer viewership on Peacock since that race is going to be rendered to Peacock the whole entire weekend. Um, all right. Yeah, the points. I mentioned 110-point lead for Polo over Dixon. Dixon has a six-point lead over Newgarden. Uh, Marcus Erickson is 12 behind Scott Dixon. Um, Paddle awards 17 points behind. So that's the battle for second uh, through fifth. Got McLaughlin. Willpower, Rossi, Herta, Lungard, the top 10, uh, Kirkwood in 11th, Grosjean and Rosenquist there. Reem Rehall moves up to 14th with uh, his uh, top 10 run at Mid-Ohio at home. All right, so we'll go and we have to do our timer here. Uh, just give me a second. Let me go and get my um, results uh, ready so that we make sure and do our due diligence for formula one just give me a second here um as yeah mclaren's gonna run a part chrome car but hopefully it looks better in, on the racetrack than it does in the pictures that they've sent so far um yeah fish lips won the sprint qualified on pole uh it was a run in rain at least initially and him and Checo Perez gotten a little bit of argy bargy, but once that was over, twenty-one seconds victory over Perez and Carlos Sainz. The two Aston Martins finished fourth and fifth. You know, the Mercedes struggled eighth and tenth for Russell and Hamilton, uh, respectively. 
Leclerc had issues in the sprint qualifying, only finished 12th. Uh, then in the race, in the actual race, um, Verstappen came in and put soft tires to set the fastest lap of the race, which was the only reason why the the final gap was 5.155 seconds over Charles Leclerc. Sergio Perez, as I mentioned, from 15th to 3rd. Lando Norris with the upgraded McLaren 4th. Fernando Alonso 5th. Carlos Sainz 6th. Russell, Hamilton, Stroll, Gasly rounding out the top 10. I mentioned Logan Sargent finishing 13th. Everybody after 11th, after Alexander Albon, were a lap down or out. Nico Hulkenberg fell out of the race. There was like 18,000 track limit violations during the whole entire weekend across all the series. Uh, Talked about it on Grit Talk about what they could do or what they should do. I mean, I, it, it's, and they're going to be there until 2030. So if they really wanted to fix it, they could fix it. Uh, will they fix it? Probably not. Uh, and so, I, I mean, I'm not really, I don't really think it's worth it, especially the way we go over Formula One these days to really get into semantics of, of track limits. Uh, Niels Vidic decided he wanted to um, pretty much put an ironclad rule. And basically uh, the vast majority of people uh, fell afoul of that outside of fish lips and maybe a few other people. Uh, what Did you have any other takeaways from the race this past weekend, the sprint even where, where Perez kind of sort of got into fish lips and he freaked out? Nope. No. Okay. It's, yeah, nothing Nothing took place there. The fastest, yeah, fast two minutes and 30 seconds there. Okay, yeah. So Verstappen's got nearly a 100-point lead on Perez. Uh, Perez right now is 17 points ahead of Fernando Alonso and 42 ahead of Lewis Hamilton for second in the world championship. Uh, Signs leads Leclerc and Russell by 10 points for fifth. Uh, the battle and strolls in his own world, basically. Ocon is seven points ahead of Lando Norris, who is eight points ahead of Pierre Gasly. In terms of the Constructors' Championship, uh, Red Bull has near 200-point lead. On Mercedes, Mercedes has a three-point lead on Aston Martin. Ferrari is 24 points out of second, so they're actually in the mix now. Alpine is, uh, what is it, 18, uh, yeah, 18 points ahead of McLaren. And then the battle between 7th through ninth is actually, I mean, the last four teams are only separated by nine points. Haas is only two ahead of Alfa Romeo, who is two ahead of Williams, and Alfa Torres tailback uh they'll be running in uh and silverstone this weekend we'll give your our previews here in a little while the uh roundup we'll get into that let's uh get going f2 and f3 took place at uh at austria we'll go with uh f3 first and um the winner the results at uh at spielberg paul aaron was a sprint winner and Zach O'Sullivan, the uh, feature race winner, uh, Paul Aaron. Let's go in here in the um, get a Paul Aaron, Gabrielle Mini, Kyle Collette, Zach O'Sullivan, Johnny Edgar. Your top five: uh, Kalen Frederick, the American seven; Sebastian Montoya, ninth. Uh, trying to look for some of these other people: uh, Hunter Yaney, nineteenth, didn't do anything. Uh, yeah, some of these other people are new. And then in the uh, feature, Zach O'Sullivan or Gabrielle Bortoletto, Kyle Collette, 
Franco Colapinto and Daniel Beganovic, Johnny Edgar uh, finished sixth. Uh, uh, trying to see who else. Uh, Montoya, 20th, Ianni, 21st. Uh, Paul Aaron had issues, finished 25th, and Kalen Frederick, 26th. Uh, uh, Saucy finished last. So the standings, Gabriel Bortoletto, 25, 36 points ahead of Marte and Beganovic. Good battle, actually, once you take Bortoletto out of this. Uh, from second to seventh is only 15 points, so quite interesting there. Um, there's definitely a lot of other people. Uh, there's some of these people that are not even running anymore uh, in the series, so something to look at there. We're trying to see here. Yeah, Kyle Collette had a great weekend, probably his best weekend of the season. 23 points, um, moved himself up a bunch of places. And then I'm trying to see yeah, the, the sprint. Yeah, Paul Aaron won the sprint, but left with nothing in the feature. F2, the results from uh, Austria. Jack Crawford wins the sprint. Uh, so his first win in Formula 2. And Richard Vashore wins the feature race. So a big deal. American driver uh, gets a win in the sprint there. Jack Crawford over Victor Martins and Isaac Hadjar. Juan Manuel Correa gives two Americans in the top five. Roman Stanek rounds out the top five. Uh, try to go through here. Season Iwasa was 11th. Benavides, the American 12th. Cushmine was 16th. Zane Maloney uh, finished last. Uh, in terms of the feature race, Richard Vashur over Iwasa, Vesti, Jack Doohan, Ollie Bierman. Enzo Fittipaldi finished sixth. Teo Pocher, Jack Crawford, Martens, Jahan Deruvula finished tenth. I'll go through there. Yeah, so yeah, Deruvula was missing there. So that's interesting. Uh, Frederick Vesti maintains his points lead by 20 over Pocher and 24 over Iwasa. Uh, none of them scored in the sprint, but they all, I mean, Vesti and Iwasa did pretty well in the in the feature. Vashore moves himself up to fifth with his uh, feature race win, only six points behind Ollie Bierman. Uh, Enzo Fittipaldi, there's eighth, Kushmini tenth, a point ahead of Zane Maloney, and eight ahead of Jay Andruvula. Jack Crawford, 14-point uh, haul. Now is only 11 points out of the top 10. Uh, close battle there with uh, Leclerc, Beauchamp as well. All right, so World Superbikes at Donington. I'll just go and take a wild guess and uh, say that Alvaro Bautista won. And um, survey says yes, he won two. Uh, he won the two regular races. The Super pole race, he finished second to Toprak, Raskatlioku. Um, Bautista, Raskatlioku, Ray in race one, and they just swapped the positions in the, in the Super pole race, and Ray was third in race two. Bautista won over Raskatlioku and Danilo Petrucci. Uh, right now, uh, Bautista is 93 points, or nine, or is it? No, am I four? No, I'm wrong on that. Uh, seven. He's got a lot of. He's got a big points lead. I'm not trying to go and do the effing math. He's got a big points lead. Uh, it, he's been winning all year, and um, or 
Yeah, 93. I was right. There you go. I knew I was right. Uh, it was, I don't know what I was looking at there. So 93-point lead on Raskadlioku. Um, Locatelli's third. Ray fourth. Bassani fifth. Uh, Garrett Gerloff 14th in points uh, right now. Uh, only, only what? Eight points out of eleventh, but there's a huge gap after that. The uh, uh, once you get out of past that, you have a, a big points gap. Six through tenth is very only ten points separating those guys. Um, next race on the World Superbike calendar will be at Imola in uh, next in next week. So we'll talk about it then. Uh, Indy next was at in Mid Ohio and the. Results there, uh, Louis Foster gets the victory over Kiffin Simpson. Christian Rasmussen qualified on pole, led the most laps, ends up finishing third. Hunter McElray fourth, Reese Gold fifth. And um uh, trying to go through here. Jamie Chadwick gets her first top 10 of the season. Ernie Francis Jr. is 13th. The standings, going to the standings right now, Nolan Siegel leads uh teammate christian rasmussen by 16 points mikel is third louis foster and jacob abel round out the top five got ernie francis jr i mentioned he's just outside of the top 10 uh, two points behind ahmed enam ahmed and uh, jamie chadwick is tied for 16th in points with josh green so she has a little bit of uh, room to make up there so we'll see how she does as the season goes on. They'll be racing in Toronto in a couple weeks' time. Uh, FIM World Supercross Grand Prix at Birmingham, uh, UK. Uh, the great Ralph Shaheen, a former guest of the uh, GSP, along with uh, Jeff Emig. They were calling the race races this past weekend, and uh, the winners in the... 450 category trying to go here let's get back in there uh trying to get the results it would be nice if they had it if they had them like obvious um reigning champions at the mark uh yeah so number one yeah so ken roxon went uh first second and first in the three mains and uh shane mcelrath on the 250 class finished one two one in 250s on the overall podium for uh 450 class or WSX class as they call it was uh, Rocks and Joey Savacci and Vince Freezy. Max Anstey and Enzo Lopes rounded out the podium behind or next to Shane McElrath. So credit to those guys. Their next uh event will be at the end of September in Singapore. So any of those guys that were racing in um on the super, on the motocross uh, deal, they'll get back to the motocross uh, racing here this coming weekend. Um, even though it doesn't really matter for some of them because of the um, the brothers and how they're how good they're doing this this uh, year in general. IMSA will be at Mossport this coming weekend for uh, the Chevy Grand Prix, and uh, we'll go and bring bring that up here. That Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, aka Mossport, got the entry list. They'll have the Michelin Pile Challenge and a VP Sports Car Challenge as well. There, um, we'll have a 34 car entry list here this weekend. Uh, 
eight cars in the GTP category. Uh, the, of course, the customer Porsche with JDC Miller there. Um, everybody else, the usual suspects, uh, the two Penske Porsches, two BMWs. Of course, BMW ends up winning the six hours at the Glen due to penalty, the two Acuras, and then the two Cadillacs, one from Ganassi and one from Wheel and Engineering. In LMP3, there will be three or six cars in that category, uh, two cars from AWA, one from Ave Motorsports, uh, JR3, Sean Creek, and Riley uh, Motorsports, which is Gar Robinson, Felipe Fraga. Uh, what is it? Four Liges, two Duquesnes. Then in the GT Pro category, only five cars the Corvette uh, for Garcia and Taylor, uh, the FAF Motorsports Porsche for Bockler and Pile. The Vassar Sullivan Lexus, who comes off the victory at the six hours with Hawksworth and Barnacote, Ross Gunn, Alex Riberos in the Harder Racing Aston, Yunkandela and Jewel Gunyan in the WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. Uh, 14 cars in the GT Daytona category, uh, two cars from Turner Motorsports. Uh, they moved the Bill Oberlin car back into the GTD category this week, um, along with their usual uh teammate in the 96 with robbie foley patrick gallagher the two kelly moss porsches ao racing with their porsche with seb prio uh, the lamborghini the only lamborghini representative forte racing misha goikberg uh, trent hinman wright motorsports porsche the inception mclaren in terms of the Acura, it's the Gradient Racing Acura with Sheena Monk and Catherine Legg. And Catherine Legg was looking good in her bathing suit celebrating the 4th of July. Um, Windward Racing Mercedes, Russell Ward, Philip Ellis, Mike Skeen, Mikhail Grenier, the Canadian Korthoff Motorsports Mercedes, Roman DeAngelis, another Canadian, Marco Sorensen, Harder Racing Aston, Frankie Montecalvo, Aaron Tielitz for Vassar Sullivan. Of course, they also won at the Six Hours at the Glen. And then Brian Sellers, Madison Snow, the Paul Miller Racing BMW. And that's the field there, 34 entries at uh, Mossport this coming weekend. Uh, the promotions for the supercars after uh, Shane Van Gisbergen won was uh, pretty high on socials uh i mean i think they'll if nascar fans watch it uh they'll be uh it'll seem familiar because there's one dominant manufacturer uh and that is chevrolet townsville 500 you know, that will i'm trying to see over here t just getting the point standings the reed park street circuit so queensland and then uh, they'll so well, it wouldn't be a shocker that a SVG goes back there and goes and wins. Uh, he hasn't won a race since uh, race seven, actually, at the end of April, interestingly enough, um, at uh, Perth. And as of the start of the season, he's only won three rounds so far in the championship. So, figure it's a good time for him to get started and winning more. Uh, point standings, Brody Kostecki for the Erebus Coca-Cola team leads his teammate Will Brown by 59 points. Brock Feeney, the Red Bull Ampole Racing Triple uh, A team, uh, has is 91 points out of the lead in third. S Shane Van Gisbergen in fourth, minus 110. Closest Ford 
is Chaz Mostert in fifth, 179 points behind uh, Cam Waters, who's actually won a race this year due to the penalties for SVG and Brock. Feeney, the only time a Ford's won all year, he's seventh in points. You're trying to fix BOP, but um, I don't know if they're going to fix it by the end of this season. I have a hard time believing, unless they take a really hard look at it, that they're going to make the changes necessary to make it competitive. Um, seems like the same deal that Ford's going through in, in NASCAR, especially in the cup category. Uh, in terms of Extreme, the big news is Carl Cox Motorsports has uh, hired Leah Block to race in Sardinia to finish out the season for them. Uh, that was announced uh, here yesterday. Um, so big deal for um, for her to go and, and race. And then uh, Sebastian Loeb is going to be racing for the Apt Cupra team. So um, in uh, in place of Nasser Alatia, as series male champion, Odyssey 21 Championship. Oh, I don't know what that means. Odell and James Tess, Ray Patrick. Oh, no, no, no. oh, okay. So, British Riders have Extreme Lombion for a million. O'Donovan to alongside Tamara. Okay. And will partner. Okay. Tamara Molinaro. All right. I don't know where they have the entry list or any of that um, for the Island X Pre, but. They'll be racing here this weekend, and then they'll take a couple months off for a to-be-determined race. Uh, Molly Taylor, Kevin Hansen lead the points by 11 over Layla Sands and Matthias Ekstrom, and uh, the Rossberg uh, team is in third, the, uh, the Lewis Hamilton team in fourth, and the Ganassi team is in fifth. So we'll just go with that because I'm not trying to get into all the yeah Clara Anderson Nasser Alatia he's racing the rally raid championship um Leah Block yeah there you go then put the big Ada Hosas and Andreas Backrood for Jensen Button's team Amanda Sorensen RJ Anderson for Chip Ganassi I'm not trying to pronounce the lady driver's name I can it's Michaela uh um, that's it. And then Johan Christofferson's a male driver. Um, I don't want to butcher it. Um, so yeah, we'll give you the results of that next week. Um, we'll do F1 Academy briefly or try to keep it brief. I've ran plenty long. Uh, yeah, F1 Academy, uh, the point standings leading into this weekend's events uh, at Monza. Uh, Marta Garcia is now only five points ahead of Hamda Al-Kabasi or Kabasi after she won two of the three races. Buhler third, Nerea Marti fourth, and Abby Pulling was fifth, and Amna Al-Kabasi is in sixth. Dehus Bustamante, Jessica Edgar, and Schreiner round out the top ten. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that series now that the uh, the championship is so close. Last uh, thing we'll go over here is uh, Monza for the six hours there for the WEC. Ferrari going coming home to race in in the uh, at Monza after winning the twenty four hours of Le Mans. So that's uh, 
that's a huge deal for them. So it's going to be a circus for sure. Uh, in terms of the World Endurance Drivers Championship, uh, the Toyota team of Hartley, Hirakawa and Buemi, 25-point <clears throat> lead over Alessandro Perguidi, Antonio Giovinazzi, and James Collado, the winners of the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Third place is the Ganassi team of Alex Lynn, Earl Bamba, and R- Richard Westbrook. Then the Ferrari, second Ferrari is in fourth, and second Toyota is fifth. And the uh, first Porsche, the Porsches are in sixth and seventh. And Plaud, Dumont, Jean-Eric Verne, uh, I think that's, yeah, Plaud and Dumont, I think we're driving for Glickenhaus, and then that's the first Peugeot there. Then in um, manufacturers, Toyota leads over Ferrari by 18 points. And um, World Cup for hypercars, yeah, that's Joe to Sport. Endurance Trophy for LMP2, Louis Delatraz, Robert Kubica, and Rui Andrade lead the points over uh, the winners at the 24 Hours of Le Mans, Albert Costa, Shearer, Schmikowski. So four points, so that's very close. LMP2 teams, WRT, four points ahead of Inter Europol. Then in um, GT AM drivers, Ben Keating, Nikki Katzberg, Nicholas Verone for the uh, Chevy Corvette team have a huge points lead over the uh, Aston Martin team, Al Harthy, Eastwood, and Dynan. I think they could lock the championship up this weekend with a good points haul. Corvette Racing could also lock up the team's title in their last uh, season as a factory effort. Uh, if they have a good run at uh, Monza. So yeah, that is all for the roundup. We'll um, make our picks for the British Grand Prix. Um, I have to go back and look and see uh, who, if you picked first or I picked first last week. Uh, Uh, I picked first for F1 last week. Okay, so it's weirdly... Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so Fish Lips... And then in second place, I will uh, go with, I will go with, um, what did I say? I think I went Lewis. I said this on the Grid Talk preview uh, that um, I'm going Fish Lips, Lewis, and uh, Checo um, as my top three. So um, floor is yours, Josh, on uh, uh, who you look at after Fish Lips. Yeah, I mean, I'll go Verstappen and then... Uh, I want to go Leclerc. I think he's got some good pace. Then uh, Lewis take a podium in home home Grand Prix. So that's what I'll go with. Checo. And then uh, Josh Fishlips. Uh, you're, you said um, Leclerc. Leclerc and LH. Lewis. Okay. All right. So there you go. Nice and easy. All right. So now we can move into the fun part here. Uh, we'll start with the trucks. I don't know if we really need to get the algorithm out because it's a truck race, but whatever, it's a truck race. Um, we'll get into the O'Reilly Auto Parts 150, 38 trucks for 36 spots. Uh, some interesting uh, changes. Oh, Norm Benning already withdrew. That's a shame. It's not like he was going to qualify anyway. Um, there's a TBA on, um... There's a couple to-be-determined drivers, a 0-2 for Youngs, uh, the 34 for Ryum, so probably means that those trucks might 
withdraw, and if those two withdraw, then there would only be 36. The legendary Dale Quarterly, I don't know, he has to be 180 at this point, uh, is driving for that that uh, maggot prick in the 46 truck. Um, William Sawalich, who's not making any friends with the way he drives uh, in ARCA, is uh, running the one truck for Tricon. Uh, Landon Lewis will be in the 04 for Roper. Uh, that's actually a Chevy. Okay, all right, I guess. Um, the 7, it says it don't have anybody also, so that's interesting. Uh, let me go back here for a second. Yeah, they don't, doesn't say anything about them with the 7, so that might be another one. Uh, go through here. Anybody that really, like, throws anything off. Grant, oh, Austin Wayne Self randomly is returning, which nobody gives a fuck about. Um... Grant Enfinger will be running Sunseeker Resort on his 23 truck. Uh, Ryan Vargas will be driving the 30 for On Point. And Connor Daly will be driving the 41 for Nice. And let's see, Jack Wooden, the 51. Timmy Hill in the 56. The family truck, Connor Jones, will be in the 66 for Thor Sport. So, okay. I mean, you could go and bring out the algorithm at this point. Like, does I it, did, I mean, actually. Oh, nice. All right. Even better. So, um, I already, I, okay. So, yeah, with that, I'll, you know what, I'll just go, uh, here and get out of the way. Cause that's the most, that's one of our most entertaining bits that we do here. Um, no, because Parker Kligerman is at Atlanta, so he won't be able to run. So that loses a big player in this race. I'm trying to look through this field and I'm like, holy crap, there's nobody that really stands out to me that could do anything um i'm like do any of these guys i mean i i have to pick zane smith because i'm like just process of elimination uh zane smith um he has a get your name on his truck deal i don't know if it's still going but um uh typico sports book if you pay 38 dollars to open an account on that sports book you can get your name on his truck or something so i think it probably is done by now i'll go with zane smith my wild card selection for this weekend's race will be um my wild card will be i mean you have to that's that's a you have to go and figure out who is theoretically in the wild card picture um because i mean even Corey heim hasn't run all the way but uh, that's 18 19 one so it's the top 10 or top 11 all right so that actually it works so i'm gonna pick tanner gray as my wild card so uh trucks at mid ohio phil goes with zane smith to win and uh tanner gray wild card josh it's all yours the algorithm is alive and well it's alive well it's thriving so the algorithm it picks Corey heim so it's it's starting to get better you know picking the top guys uh rather than randos like tate fulgeman who it's named after but it picks Corey heim in the 11 um i guess my personal pick here um I'll go Ben Rhodes and Connor Daly as my wild card, given that Connor Daly was just there this past weekend uh, in the IndyCar. So I don't know, maybe that's some kind of advantage having you know been there 
uh, already before everybody else's uh, different series, different car. But hey, I mean, he knows the layout, so uh, shouldn't have too too many problems getting around there uh, compared to the rest of the field. And depending on the weather conditions, it could really fall into his hands. I mean, that Justin Marks one is one Xfinity race there for Ganassi because of the wet conditions. Um, there's been sketchy conditions over the years there for some of these events. So if rain comes into play, I mean, it might really uh, help out for Connor Daly because that 41 truck's kind of been off the pace this year relative to where they had been in other years, um, probably because they're putting such an emphasis on trying to put over uh, Carson Hosevar. Um, but hey, we'll see. I think it's an opportunity race for them. They want him to go and win that deal. Now that Hosevar's won two races, he's locked into the playoffs, so it's not like they really have to be worried uh, about their situation. Alsco Uniforms 250, they'll be running, I think, on uh, uh, yeah, Saturday night. Uh, they'll qualify in the afternoon. Uh, they're 39 for 38 in, in that race. Eh, let's see. Uh, Mason Maggio. Will be in the 07 for SS Greenlight. Also, two Masons. Mason Massey will be in the 08. Uh, Justin Haley will be in the 10 for Colleg. Uh, Keebler Gibbs in the 19. Um, Parker Chase in the 24 for Sam Hunt. Um, nobody in the Emerling Gase 35 uh, listed as of now. Weatherman in the 36 for DGM. Graf in the 38 for RSS. Greg Van Alts, the ARCA driver, won the Daytona ARCA 200 earlier this year. is in the 44. Uh, let's see. Akinori Ogata will be in the 53 for Emerling Gase. Chad Fincham for MBM trying to make the show uh, there for Carl Long's team. Josh Balicki in the 91. Uh, Josh Williams returns to the scene of the crime. Uh, where he parked his car on the front straightaway and walked away. Uh, and Kyle Sieg will be in the 28 car. So one car will fail to qualify from this race. Just don't know who that'll be as of now. So since Josh has the algorithm going, uh, for me, I mean, the easy pick is Austin Hill because he seems to win these races anyway. So we'll go with Austin Hill. He hasn't won in a while. And um, the wild card, it's definitely wild. Um, I'm going to go with Jeffrey Earnhardt uh, to be because Very it's wild. not like because he's not driving an RCR car. So um, it is a wild card. Uh, when he was driving that RCR car last year and had Larry McReynolds as his crew chief, he looked like Superman. But driving for Alpha Prime, it's not the same deal. So, um, so Xfinity at Atlanta... Phil goes with, uh, uh, what do you call, I'm Austin Hill, Hill to win, and Jeffrey Earnhardt wildcard. So, um, floor's yours, Josh. Let's see if it can be really entertaining. It was kind of boring with the truck, so let's see if we can pick up a good one this time. Okay, uh, well, I mean, I'll start out myself first, but, uh, I mean, me, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go, uh, Let's see. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go Sheldon Creed here because, um, yeah, you know, he's he needs a win here. And I mean, you're gonna go with the 21 in Austin Hill. I'll go with his teammate. Um, I think Sheldon Creed 
also is capable of being good at this track as well. So I'm going to go with Sheldon Creed. No, that that in itself is a bit of a wild pick there, but I'm going to go with it because I think he's capable of winning a super speedway race at Atlanta. Um, and my wild my wild card pick, uh, I will pick uh, Anthony Alfredo. Uh, you know, he's another guy that um, could randomly you know show up in the top ten at the end of the day. So I think. Uh, you know, he's definitely a guy that's capable of doing that uh, here, uh, even though, you know, he's in the 78th car for B.J. McLeod. So definitely uh, going to be a tall order there. Uh, and then, of course, the algorithm. Well, the algorithm uh, generates uh, Parker Kligerman as the winner here at Atlanta, which almost damn near happened back in March. So definitely uh, could happen. But, uh, yeah, Park, Parker Kligerman, uh, certainly could see him winning too. Uh, that's what the algorithm says. Solid, definitely solid, and very, very likely. Two very, po- very likely scenarios so far picked by Tate Fogelman. Uh, we'll see what it says for the Quaker State 400. Atlanta, they'll be running at night again because I think it was like 120 degrees or whatever last year when they ran this race in uh, July so they don't want to do that again uh, 37 for 40 the only difference is uh, Austin Hill will be uh, entering with Beard Motorsports uh, BJ McLeod's actually back in the 78 uh, Cole Custer is going to run one of his three races for Rick Ware in the 51 and Worldwide Express for Chastain, Menards and Quaker State will be on Sindrick's car. Uh, Dow salutes veterans for Bald Spot Dylan. Hunt Brothers Pizza on the car for Kevin Harvick in his last start at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, Richard Childress is going to be driving the car that Harvick won his first career race in um, around the track and giving the command to uh, start engines. So that'll be cool. Brad Keselowski driving Castro Ledge car. He got really close to winning and breaking that losing streak earlier this year. Uh, Cheddars will be on Kyle Busch's car. Chase Elliott says Napa and Children's. I thought probably might be a kid's design scheme or something. Uh, Smithfield IHOP on the Eric Almirola car. Coca-Cola for uh, Denny Hamlin. Worth for Ryan Blaney. Magical Vacation Planner, MVP for Chase Briscoe, whatever Patriot Mobile is for J.J. Yaley, Farm Smart for Almendinger, and uh, trying to go through some of these other ones. Nothing crazy. Haley doesn't have anything listed as of now. Um, Gillen driving the Georgia Peanuts car. Sony Mobile ES for Ryan Priest. No sponsors listed for either of the Legacy cars. Uh, Slim Jim. Snap into a Slim Jim. Ooh, yeah. For O. Richard. Um, and, uh, yeah, Jacob Companies for Cole Custer. Um, that, yeah, I'm not even going to say that. Uh, Bennett Transportation for Austin Hill. Ray's Energy for Ty Dillon. Gunk for BJ McLeod and Quaker State for Daniel Suarez. So two Quaker State cars. Okay, so for me, let's see. I mean, there's a lot of people that need a win. I could go Baba, but that would be too obvious. Um, I could get really crazy here, and I'm, I'm I mean I'm tempted to, but um, I honestly think that uh, you know what I'm I'm gonna go. 
I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski. Um, sort of pseudo homer pick. Not like I'm a fan of his like I was when he drove the Miller car, but he got close there. He ran well at Daytona. The super speedway package at Roush RFK is pretty darn good. Him and and uh, Busher work very well together. Uh, lock himself into the playoffs. It's a time to do it. Uh, and if he can do it at Atlanta, it would be uh, huge for Brad K. And um, I mean, as it stands, I mean, let's. I think I. I mean, it. It is a there it it comes with an asterisk in a sense because he hasn't run every race but uh 19 you know 30 31 31 29 that's 15 all right i'm going with clyde as my wild card he's a defending race winner but <laughs> technicality I'm <laughs> with the technicality i can do it so um and wce2 uh wild card as wild card so um yeah last uh last licks here josh uh quaker state 400 yeah i mean uh i mean me personally um uh i'm let's see yeah i'm gonna go uh ryan blaney you know i felt like he should have won this race back in the spring uh and i think the fords they're gonna be up front you already picked brad case so the fords um, they're going to be dominant in this race, just like they were back in the spring, just like, you know, they have really focused on in the super speedways here, uh, this year. So, um, yeah, I'll pick him wild card. I'll go with last year's wild card pick Corey LaJoy. He should have been a guy that won this race last year, had an opportunity on the final lap to get up there, uh, and ended up crashing out on the last lap. So if he wins, I mean, could put a wrinkle in, uh, in the playoffs, uh, he's definitely uh, somebody that can shake up things. Uh, I think last year, had he won, uh, he was still outside of the top 30 and would have made a difference. But this year, uh, 23rd in the standings and one spot above Chase Elliott. So definitely uh, could shake things up if uh, he is able to win the race. Uh, and then the algorithm, well, the algorithm picks Daniel Suarez, another guy who needs a win to you know, maintain his playoff elig eligibility. So, uh, yeah, it's getting smarter. Uh, I mean, Daniel Suarez wins. That'll be three track house wins in a row. Uh, you know, Chastain back in Nashville, Van Ginsburg for um, the Project 91 track house. And then you have uh, Suarez potentially winning here, according to the algorithm. So that'd be track house after basically being gone like for maybe a month and a half now all of a sudden they look like maybe they're back on the map potentially so um yeah that's what the algorithm says yeah and i mean for suarez it's true what you said i mean he does need a win uh the road courses are probably more uh suited to him and uh, uh what do you call him i'm forgetting his crew chief name but um they those guys they do a really good job on those road courses but it's an opportunity, as we always say, with these uh, super speedway type races. Um, I mean, Blaney is as solid as you can go. He always seems to be up front. He kind of has that same mentality that he got from his teammate Joey Logano and um, former teammate Brad Keselowski. Uh, him and Bubba were racing for the win at Talladega uh, earlier this year, and <laughs> uh, Bubba threw one bad block and took out I don't know how many people. Uh, including his bestie, and uh, that allowed Kyle Busch to win that race. So we'll see how that all works. Like the slot car track that is Atlanta, 
Motor Speedway. Um, obviously, if Corey LaJoy or Chase Elliott wins, um, if you're guys like Gibbs, Wallace, um, Suarez, McDowell, and Almendinger, just to name a few, I mean, Alex Bowman even, you're you're going to start sweating and you're going to need a win. And you're probably going to be pushing uh, to do something here um, and the next in these next few weeks. So I got all that just to make sure. Yes, we do. All righty. So from there, we move to the sim segment. Uh, Josh, uh, let us know what's going on in the world of iRacing and uh, in gaming. Yeah, I mean, uh, this week um, or well, this past couple of weeks or days of you know, been racing Daytona in the 87s. Uh, I think they're on the schedule again, or they were on the schedule again to mimic the Firecracker 400 from back in the day. But ran that uh, and had had a little bit of struggles. Um, came back in one race where just had a lot of hits on the wall and, and almost took myself out and just had tons of repairs and stuff and almost fell a lap down got lucky on a caution and uh you know just had to take a bunch of pit stops to get repairs and knock out my repair time but uh and then i had a chance at the end i thought i had i was the best on because like we were on everybody was on same tires but i had the ford and everybody else had the chevy or the buick and um tried to you know, start making my way up, like I was thinking like fifth, try to start making my way up into the uh, top top three for the last five laps of the race and um, just ended up uh, because we're uh, leaders stayed out on old tires and then quickly started falling behind and then um, I guess somebody on the outside had to run, try to make it three wide and then uh, try to avoid the guy on old tires and then got me in the door and then uh, lost control and hit the wall again and ended up taking more damage um, and pretty much knocking out all the time that I had erased on my, on my damage clock and everything and then um, pretty much ended my race there but still uh, ended up finishing 10th which is okay and then I think another one I just crashed out of completely uh, there um, and then I think I, I did a few on the Daytona road course uh, with uh, the uh, I think yeah, the BMW GT4, I think I did one there, uh, and the Honda Civic also. So, yeah, I ran, ran that a couple of times, which is nice, uh, running the road course there uh, and those cars and everything. Um, uh, but, yeah, that's this week. Uh, I think we have on the schedule, uh, I mean, Atlanta is on the schedule uh, for this week as far as uh, the Cup goes. Um, let's see, VIR, uh, on some of the road course schedules for the Ferrari GT3 and the Formula V cars, um, the Arca Menard series, the Arca car, uh, is at Indianapolis, so I might try that one, um, Gen 4 Cup also, uh, at Atlanta, but the 2008 one, so might want to try that one because the, uh, 2008, or the, you know, the paved, or, well, I guess before they repaved it, Atlanta uh, was really nice, uh, and especially back in the Gen 4 days when you had those classic Atlanta finishes from you know, the mid-2000s, uh, there are plenty of those that we saw, so that might be interesting, especially running up top, so might want to try that one. Um, let's see, uh, other tracks here, we've got uh, Sakuba Circuit in the Global MX-5 Cup, so might might end up trying that one. The Lara IR01 at Pocono. 
Uh, so that might be interesting with uh, essentially a, a cross between an F1 car and a kart era car uh, that they've come up with uh, in the sim at Pocono. That might be fun. And the Formula Fords at uh, VI, Virginia International Raceway VIR as well. Um, so, yeah, well, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, the Firecracker 400 uh, E-Racer GT is coming up, so that should be fun. Pretty sure all the, you know, Kyle Busch, Dale Jr., a bunch of those guys uh, be trying out for that. So hopefully be able to be able to make that one uh, and everything. Um, and um, I know there's, I think, yeah, F-123 is already out. Um, and, and so that should be interesting uh, to see there. So, um, yeah, uh, I should also mention the fact that uh, I went go-karting this past Saturday uh, out at Bushnell Motorsports Park. Um, ran... Probably ran really good. I think probably my best effort so far uh, in terms of being able to um, have control and just have outright pace. Uh, one of the races that I did, I was able to keep up with uh, one of the friends I went with. And I think I had four laps where I was really right on his tail, like trying to make a, uh, you know, force him into a mistake uh, or try to go for the move. Um, so at Bushnell, they have a a bridge and a hill and then that goes into a 180 and I was like one corner or one time I tried to fake a move to the inside and you know wasn't quite ready to make the pass but I tried to make him think about it and then later on I was trying to um, send it in there but uh, on another set of corners after about the fourth lap I uh, just tried to go for it in one of the other hairpin corners and then ended up spinning out so um, that was probably like one of the best pieces of racing I had I mean mine's the spin out part um, and I guess real karting, uh, being right on somebody's tail. And not only that, but there was a couple of times where I lost a little bit of ground on corner exit and some of the other corners, but was right able to catch right back up to his bumper, uh, and everything. So, but you know, that was really, really fun being able to do that. So I'm glad I, you know, I was able to do that. And then plus, uh, I guess there was another guy there that had his private cart that he was running before the rental portion of the day started. And then I guess he hung around for a bit and watched, uh, I guess our races. And then he came up to me and my friend and said, Hey, if you're interested, we're, you know, this is a, we do a private league here with our pro style carts. Uh, and they have a, an event coming up later this month, I think on like the 23rd. So told, told me if I was interested and, you know, we traded Instagram handles and everything. So, uh, at track sports on TRAK at sports on Instagram, if you're interested in looking at that. Uh, and we, we traded uh, Instagram handles and everything. So he gave me the information and everything. So I just have to make the decision. I think we're going to do it. So uh, I just have to make sure I don't have any other conflicts or anything. So um, on that day, cause I think it's a Sunday. So we'll see if I, and I think I should be able to do that, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, it should be interesting running a pro card if I'm able to. Um, I think he said it was like 10 seconds faster than the rentals. So the rentals normal lap is about maybe 71 and a half to 72 seconds or 73 seconds. And then this one, he said they run like a minute, 59 second laps. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out and having a lot more power. I feel like, I feel like, you know, for me, like um, I, I, you know, having to, have a lot of acceleration coming off the corner. I feel like that benefits me in my driving style. I like momentum, you know, tracks or carts are good, but you know, I, I think um, having driver input uh, matters a whole lot in what you're able to do. Um, plus you're going a lot faster and I think I'd thrive in that. So I think I'll be able to do that. So that, that should be fun. Um, but yeah, glad it was able to do good enough, uh, you know, to, 
catch this guy's eye. So we'll see how, how, how this plays out and everything and be able to do that. Um, and then also they had a sim racing rig there um, with uh, eye racing and it's kind of a motion sim rig. So tried that out finally because I think last time I did, they weren't able to get it set up. So tried that and they have a Fanatec wheel there. So um, I'm thinking about buying a Fanatec wheel maybe later on this year. So it's good, you know, 10 bucks, try before you buy. If, if you're looking to get into upgrading sim equipment, um, I think it's well worth it. So I did that and ran the... Uh, Corvette, or no, not the Corvette, but the uh, uh, Cadillac GTP uh, hybrid, and that, you know, they run in IMSA, so, um, as part of the new GTP class this year, so I ran that, so that was pretty fun being able to do that as well, so, um, yeah, glad I was able to go go-karting with my friends, of course, and, you know, have, you know, the shared experience on the track, and be able to, you know, have some fun on Saturday, and, of course, being able to potentially try out a new wheel uh, there, but, um, yeah, of course, uh, for sim racing, you can follow the Twitch streams when I'm on there uh, at, or well, Twitch TV slash UCO2 and go on there, watch all my streams and content, everything that I have on there. Um, previous highlights and past races, of course, and everything that you want to see on there, including that Indy 500 win, which we always bring up there. So that's on there. And uh, of course, uh, Twitter uh, at JP Huffine, which you can follow all my takes and all my opinions and see what I'm interested in, um, and see, you know, what, what I might be seeing or agreeing with on Twitter and everything. And then of course, uh, my, uh, or our YouTube channel, uh, Grip Street Podcast, YouTube at Grip Street Podcast on there, go on there and subscribe to our page, like our videos, comment, uh, and interact with us, you know, hopefully you know, continue to grow the channel. We seem having an uptick in views lately, uh, you know, our, our views, uh, with, uh, the, uh, Tommy Kendall show that we did a few weeks ago is doing pretty well on there and, you know, being able to have that up there on YouTube for people to see, um, and, you know, have that great interview that we had. So go on there and watch that one if you want to, or just watch our videos in general. So yeah, glad to be able to do it for another week. Of course, uh, Independence Day, like I said earlier, um, being able to get on here, glad to have the freedom to be able to do this, of course, and be able to uh, record and, um, you know, have that ability. Of course, 1776, we are the champs. Going to say it again. That's honestly, I think, one of my favorite quotes of all time. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> being able to do that. And so, he wasn't even yeah. drunk yet. He wasn't even drunk either. Yeah. He, he just that. said that right off, right off the cuff. So, that's what makes yeah. it so great. And, and it wasn't scripted either or anything like yeah. that. So, yeah, that was a good, that was a good quote. I'm going to say it as always on on this day but yeah happy fourth of july to everybody yeah absolutely happy independence day and uh it was uh you know it's a day to go and stuff yourself with lots of food and be with family and friends and in some cases trying not in a lot of cases trying not to go and lose uh digits or limbs because of fireworks uh so hopefully y'all made sure to do that safely uh you can find me at Philip or PG Matthew 28 on Twitter. You can find us at Gripster Pod on Twitter. Josh already mentioned our great uh, YouTube page where we put all the all the shows up there as well. You can find uh, the Gripster Podcast at philipgmatthew.com. And um, basically, if you're listening to it, thanks as always. And uh, please let your friends know uh, about the GSP as we get through the summer since we're going to have a lot to talk about. NASCAR is going to be on the rest of the year, uh, Cup Series. So 
Xfinity is going to be pretty busy as well. So a lot to talk about with those series. IndyCar is going to start winding down here uh, coming next week. Second half of the season starts with the Honda Grand Prix of Toronto, uh, Hinch's home race. And so we'll uh, talk all about that. Alex Pelot's drive for four in a row there. And um, we'll get into the British Grand Prix what little we have to talk about with the British Grand Prix. Go through all three uh, major NASCAR series at uh, Atlanta and at Mid-Ohio, along with previewing New Hampshire for Cup and Xfinity next week, along with all the stuff that we discussed in the roundup. So, um, as always, Josh, thank you for all you do. And um, there's a car on the way. Um, And so, uh, for that, for... For Josh and for myself, we'll uh, see you next week on the GSP episode 177 uh, figure after a wild card race at at, at Chicago. We're going to have a wild card race at Atlanta, so we'll have plenty to digest after the weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, So for Josh, I'm Phil. Take care, and we'll see you next time.